Welcome to another episode of the Mamas and the Appas, a podcast discussing the Avatar universe's folklore episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebri, Dr. Amber Jones, and Jessica Dercero. We're starting our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender with book one, Water. Uh, today we are in chapter four, The Warriors of Kiyoshi. In this chapter, the gang comes to their first new village where where they make some new friends and pick up some new social skills. Also, Sokka wears a dress and totally loves it. So this is a really good episode because off the bat, we get a conversation about gender. This, this is like a huge gender episode. That first conversation when they're on uh, Momo. Wait, sorry, Appa. Whoa, hey, stop. Um, <laughs> when they're on Appa flying... And uh, Katara is fixing uh, Sokka's pants. And he makes the comment about how boys are warriors and girls are the maitre d's and the housekeeper. And, like, the ones to fix the clothes, they're the ones who sew. And it's the natural Sewing is order. A, it's the natural order. And she's like, cool, fuck it. Wear your pants then. I actually finished. <laughs> Since I'm so good at sewing, go for it. Here. And he's like, no, I can't wear these. There's a hole in them. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> like, you're an asshole. <laughs> And it's the perfect, like, cold open scene, essentially, to get yes. into the conversation about, like, uh, feminist and maskness. Maskness predominantly being this expected, like, strength and warriorship and, like, confidence. And feminist to be this more dainty, soft, um, nonviolent, uh, less strong entity. And it's, like, such a cool conversation. Mm. Yes, and I love how Katara immediately is like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't even take care of yourself. Like, you <laughs> literally can't. I am your little sister. If if you're so macho and able to take care of yourself, take your pants full of holes. Sew it yourself. Bye. Yeah, yeah. sew it yourself. <laughs> So it's yourself. This episode, uh, before we get into like more of the things um, that happened to it, um, this is a great episode to like sit back and maybe at the end of the episode, pause and look at those wonderful animators on the show um, because the animators are real heroes. And they tell such a cute story in their own with just like the different details. And so my favorite, favorite detail um, from this episode is, so in the beginning, they're fighting about Katara um, fixing his pants. Uh, well, she ends up fixing it later. Um, and then as you go in the um, episode, there are times where you can see where Katara actually fixed his pants. You can see the stitches. Um, and it's just, it's such a, just a perfect little detail. And I want to like hug the animators that were like, let's totally freak them out and yeah. see if anybody catches this uh, like little patch here because I did not catch that. Totally there. Oh my, it'll blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can especially see it when um, Sokka is first um, first getting lessons from the Kiyoshi Warriors. Um, but we'll get to that. Let's, um, let's talk about all of the themes 
that are in this episode. Yeah, so we've got big gender. Gender, um, gender. Outside of that, there is the subplot with Aang regarding celebrity uh and sort of and sort of like owning that to some degree or like being misunderstood i guess is a more pivotal part of that conversation when it comes to like not really knowing who he is but what he stands for and feeling misunderstood Mm -hmm. in that regard and i think there's a layer of just real fear you know yeah like so i have barely accepted that I have to go on this journey and it sounds honestly hard and yeah (laughs) maybe I don't actually want to do this at all um but before coming to Kyoshi he didn't have like didn't have to think of any other options but here he's like could they protect me could (laughs) could I just be here yeah Maybe maybe they're the ones to do the job for me, yes. especially in the face of that. Mo- what is that monster called? Uh, the Unagi. The Unagi. That first encounter with it where he's like, oh, <laughs> what? And then, I mean, obviously, because <laughs> Aang is Aang, he makes the best of it. And is like, did you guys see that? Oh, my God. Like, look how good I am at this. Yeah. Um, but And the reason that they all stop there, too, is just because Aang is trying to escape what like his fate right or like who he's supposed to be he's just trying to hide and so he's like oh like Momo's tired right Momo and like they had like this cute little you're supposed to yawn and then like Momo yawns and he's like see look I'm gonna go ride this thing it's gonna be so cool like look at me look at me Katara look at me right um and he's just like trying to live in this moment and extend this moment because he does not want to get to their destination as much as he knows he needs to he after the last episode, uh, like confronting all of that, he's just he's not ready for it. He needs a mental break. Right. Yeah. And then in that <laughs> um, now everybody knows that the avatar is around and like they find out he's the avatar. And then he has all this attention that he wasn't expecting. But that's another form of escapism for him is to um, like really uh, sit in that celebrity that he embodies at that moment right and so mm-hmm. he's like trying to impress Katara but like we all know Katara is awesome and she's not impressed by any of that she wants to get the job done she wants to save the world she wants to you know also get respect from the men that are around her mm-hmm. because neither one of them really are being respectful in this they're just kind of like look at either pay attention to me or do all of the things for me yeah and um so we see I, I thought it was really cool because while um, while Aang is like, you know, has all of these young girls that are like flocking to him and everything, he's got all of the attention that, you know, he could ever want. But it doesn't matter because it's not from the one person that he cares about. Mm-hmm. And we in such a short time, we see him actually understand that concept, which it takes a lot of people like so, so much more time to realize that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and again, I love my girl Katara, um, because she's kind of just annoyed with everyone this whole episode. She's smart enough to not fall into the jealousy trap because ultimately Aang is hers. She found that boy in an iceberg. None of those girls have anything on Katara and she knows it. She doesn't got to worry about Aang's attention. (laughs) Um, 
also um so you know i love the theme of qatar is actually the one who saved the world all the time in this episode here's another time qatar saves the world um when ang is showing off on the unagi um and he gets like thrown and thrown all about and stuff like that um one katara gets him out of the water she does like remember she doesn't have any water bending moves right now she just has her instincts she grabs ang out of the water she does this like kind of push thing that pushes them all the way to the shore um then she literally bends water out of ang's motherfucking that was so sick that was so sick (laughs) i was like holy shit yeah (laughs) like okay so here's a call forward in um what is it in in jet the episode about jet katara says like oh i've never bent water i couldn't see before and i always yet that's bullshit you (laughs) bent water out of ang you literally (laughs) like took the most delicate instrument the human body and you found a way to bend water out of it without killing him and you had no training nothing um and so again without katara he would have just drowned and we wouldn't have (laughs) i didn't even think about that like how delicate that was or anything i was just like fuck that's so cool and then like that's all yeah like just fucking natural ability holy shit (laughs) katara doesn't even know it um because I'm sure in that moment, too, it's not like a let me express my power. It's a my friend is dying. It's almost like a subconscious yeah. decision. It is a split decision where she's like, I have to do this. There's no question on can I. It's like, I have to. So I will. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. He 100% would have died. Audience, <laughs> had it not been we for are her. all just basking in awe Katara. Yeah. Um, oh, but I, I don't even think this ep- like this episode isn't even about really Katara and Aang. It's Sokka's episode. It's Sokka's mm-hmm. episode because this is the moment where he recognizes and comes face to face with yes. that gendered expectation where like he's yes. immediately when meeting the warriors is like, you're all girls. And they're like, yeah, he's like, oh, well girls aren't warriors are like okay who says there's no mm-hmm. way that a bunch of girls ambushed me like yeah exactly uh, and he's like he's so <laughs> shitty too and he like goes in and he's like hey so i just need like a uh, what are you dancing i just need a place to like practice like so maybe um, oh my god asaka is so hilarious here like after like so the Kyoshi warriors come down and ambush them and like taking all of them. And after they unblindfold him, he's like, where are the men that jumped us? Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is just so hilarious. And, uh, and Suki, and Suki, uh, I Suki. love you so much. And like her first line is, there were no men. It was us. <laughs> <laughs> She's so fucking cool. Like, and I so love that cool. she so wasn't cute. supposed to be in the later episodes, but like uh-huh. everybody fucking loved her so much that like, oh no, she has to be here. And uh, like, 
those are the best characters. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. She's so good. Well, her her lesson teaching skills for Sokka are gorgeous because really, yes. like, she's so good at like when when Sokka's sort of like putting on airs and like chest puff. Mm-hmm. I'm actually the strongest from my village. She's like, oh, you should show us. <laughs> That's for sure. cute. Okay, absolutely. She, you should show us how his, strong you are. <laughs> she blocks his attack with her fan, and then, like, as he's like real, like he falls over. She like fans herself. I was like, bitch, this is yeah. so cool. She's like, so, it's so so perfect. Sick. It's she's so, so sick. Perfect. Yeah. Yes, and it's it's so important for Sokka to have this exact experience exactly right now yeah um and so again it kind of goes with that same theme that we saw in the last episode of what makes these characters different from their just like categories their genres and so Sokka really was like he's the jokester like yeah he was like the warrior but he still was kind of like goofy and his voice was like cracking and stuff like that and he's sexist like that's what we know about Sokka going in um but here uh, Sokka shows how much of a genius he is mostly because he totally throws his wrong thinking away (laughs) yeah Yeah, he like immediately is like no it's like hey teach me I got this and her response to that too is like sure I'll show you but you have to follow all of our traditions and like like in this moment where he's surrendering his misogyny to her yes. and being like, hey, I was wrong. She like not only like takes that, but like rips the rest of it that was away from him and forces him to wear a dress and wear makeup like and really like just lean into this like idea where it's like just like you know putting all of his gender um all these gender norms that he has inside of his head like throwing them to the window she's like if you're serious you're gonna commit and you're gonna do yeah. this and he's like what and uh, and i okay. like <laughs> i like it too because it's not so like we're gonna put you in drag or anything in the yeah. way that it's like so it's yeah, like no, this has nothing not to do with that fun of him yes, yes. it's it's simply a, these are our traditions they are rooted in feminists and in this very specific thing you need to recognize this history if you are serious let's move forward with this um and i'm gonna say what like i assume everybody thinks in like this scene where she's like putting them in a dress very erotic for a children's for a kid show, show. <laughs> yeah. like even like the way you were describing it Jess it was very sexy like I'm gonna strip everything away and put you in this <laughs> dress and this makeup and you're gonna surrender all of your misogyny to me <laughs> and I'm just like sitting here and That's I'm like <laughs> I often think about like wouldn't it be cool if they redid it but made it rated r so like we could do those things with these yeah. characters like uh we don't even need to me- mention whatever mess they're coming up with on netflix but but they're they're especially- i've always yeah. i always think about ooh, and if this was rated r this is what would happen especially with the violence like i think about it all the time <laughs> how brutal some of these sequences would be if yeah. there was sort of an allowance of graphic detail yeah. in it, like if you were allowed to show blood, if you were allowed to show like gratuitous violence, it would be 
a lot. <laughs> it would be yeah. a lot. It would be like <laughs> Mortal so Kombat good. level. I was a lot. just thinking so that. I was like, yeah. fucking Mortal Kombat. Straight but... up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I just, I like thinking of it as erotic because when you know they do end up as love interests, and you know they are here too. Um, but it's just a really fresh meat cute. Oh yeah, you know, um, it's just really fresh to see. Oh, like he's willing to kind of do all these things that previously he thought were like lowering himself but actually now he's seeing like how cool it can be and also this super awesome smart girl who was beating him up this morning now is like being playful with him and so like I feel like that's not lost on Sokka that that is his game and <laughs> the fact that in this story it like he's willing to do that in almost no time flat right like None. in most other stories it takes the entirety of the plot for some character to kind of be assuaged a little bit yeah. into that mindset whereas in this it's like no okay 100% nope. like you're All right, right. You're I'm, right. I'm caught up now. I'm caught well, up. And it yeah. had to be like somebody outside of his family that he sees every day because Katara like doesn't let him get away with anything. Right. And Nothing. in a lot of ways, <laughs> she talks to Sokka the exact same way that Suki does where she's like, you're a fool. You're all of this. But because uh, he she's like his sister, he yeah. is not able to um, really recognize what she's saying outside of like himself and what how that impacts like just everybody like him and his attitude so i i like that it was suki i the only thing i didn't like um i didn't like and i feel like this is something that if and when they redo it like they have an opportunity when he like gets on his knees he says i'm sorry if i insulted you earlier that mm, if for me was i like, hated Ooh. that just take I out that those two I, stupid letters i did not like that and uh the oh, other yeah. thing that i didn't like that i think that would have been a lot stronger so like they're saying goodbye no time to say goodbye and then he says like what about i'm sorry fuck yes cool awesome say this and he tells her like i should have treated you like a warrior and then she like goes up to him and i know that they're like creating this like you know like uh, romantic tension yeah. but like she like goes up to him and says but i'm a girl too and kisses him and i was like i like to warriors me, I was, can't like, kiss people like, like i'm yeah. i'm fine with like you setting up this romantic tension i'm fine with like she should have like and yeah she says like yes i'm a warrior but i'm a i'm a girl too like kind of to me that like took away some of the power that was like from earlier and what she was saying like hey yeah. I'm a warrior hey I'm this hey I'm that so like giving him a pass in a certain mm -hmm. way that but I you don't like. have to be afraid of me because I'm a girl too yeah, yeah exactly for as strong as I and am then I'm rewarding still him with that kiss yeah. when he literally was the biggest fucking asshole earlier. <laughs> like they're like that's something that I really hate and that I'm like noticing more as I like go back and watch older media because like what the fuck else am I doing in this pandemic where yeah. like um, a lot of the time women will use like even if they're like you know um, like big authority figures or like mm -hmm. you know in like no matter their status they will always yeah. use a kiss on the cheek as a way to reward a man for yeah. a uh. job well done or for doing something or if something's hard it's like some sort of encouragement or reward and I feel fucking hate it and, and it it's, just spoils <laughs> it's, it's the worst too when the character is like really well written and is like so so powerful and so like yeah. charismatic 
and so autonomous and then the, the male character or the, or the mass character does nothing and it's like you've done a good job it's like no they didn't do anything <laughs> they did nothing to, yeah. to warrant any reward yeah um yes. i hated that if it, like, it just, just it cheated me yeah it was it was so noticeable and so off-putting because it really yeah. is like Oh, if you were offended, or if I did something, it's like no, own it. Like no. it's not an apology. it's not an apology. Like just add yes. a disclaimer. Uh, Sokka did offend them. It was not yes. an if about it. Yes, there's no ambiguity. <laughs> he was it is wrong. clear. <laughs> yeah, and I think, but then and I think put a warning on to, it to, to some degree within the story. It sort of makes sense why he would, because he's still Sokka. He's still kind of crummy. I'm happy that he's so open to learning and I know mm-hmm. that maybe he's not going to learn everything in one day, but because of how quickly he's embracing this, it did feel off. Like just the, if the way he said it, it did feel a little out of character, even though realistically I do understand that he's still sucking. He's still learning. He's not going to know everything all at the exact same time or in the span of like 28 hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I completely agree that in the context of the scene, it did feel like what? Well, and <laughs> <Hold> then <on. laughs> the other thing too so is well. he wasn't yeah. he wasn't apologizing because at least to me, like he wasn't apologizing because he offended them. He was apologizing because he recognized their power and wanted to understand that power. And so yes. because that because then he was there, he wasn't saying sorry just to say, hey, I'm sorry, I fucked up. He was saying, hey, I'm sorry, teach me. And mm-hmm. so like trying to then take what made them strong. And so to me, I was like, like, why couldn't you just like he res- only respected them because mm-hmm. of their strength and because they were able to best him right not because they deserved yes. it or not because they were warriors and not like he wasn't able to give them that level of, of respect until like he like they proved that he was they were better than him in this very and, like masculine way right where yeah. we're talking about like fighting and all of this so that's when he's able to recognize women and femininity is when it's presented to him in a way that he can digest in a way that yeah, he that he's, he's, Sokka at this moment can because like later on he he definitely gets better but like yeah. him at this moment is only able to recognize physical power and yeah fully fair that is the wild thing about straight men and straight male culture <laughs> is how gay it is like and not like not just in terms of like literally the only time that he's like like oh i'm open i'm gonna be myself is when these women present this masculine power and this mm-hmm. this level of like masculinity that he is attracted to that's mm-hmm. when he will <laughs> he will be more submissive and be more open to to change and more open to like uh, understanding something and I'm like that is so gay it's more 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 outside of the context of even just this character but in general I love it a bigger conversation about about masculinity at large is very much that where it's like the performance of masculinity for one another is oftentimes like subtextually sexual and it's always for like these other men performing masculinity for one another, and that in and of itself is very gay. So <laughs> as gay. no as no homo and as whatever as a lot of uh, straight cis white males try to be, um, that truly a of... it's a whole lot of gay for <laughs> for no homo. <laughs> whole lot of gay. Um, 
So speaking of a whole lot of gay, <laughs> we I want us to put this all in the context of Kiyoshi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I've these the are books. her warriors <laughs> named for her legacy, even though like I, at least I didn't know about Kiyoshi's ideas about gender and sexuality and desire when I was like first watching this episode now thanks to the wonderful uh comic books we know that kiyoshi really did huh the uh ya novels they're not comics yes novels sorry no (laughs) thank you for correcting me i want to nerd correctly so Thank God <laughs> for the Kiyoshi young adult novels that have <laughs> given us a glimpse into how the super powerful, super cool Avatar Kiyoshi of whom these warriors are named for and who Aang used to freaking be, um, that she had very strong feelings about gender um and and the fluidity of it especially given her identity as the avatar mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and as a bigger conversation of just that lineage and that sort of like there is a genderlessness there is a connected oneness within that that transcends any performance of mask maskness or feminist mm-hmm. that i mean I'm sure Aang feels and identifies with and sees probably less though than somebody like Kyoshi, but like mm-hmm. even in the recognition of that lineage, it's like, yeah, I was her. Yeah. Like I've been her and I've been him and I've been them as a collective, mm-hmm. you know? Um, like there's a cute moment where like one of the girls fawning over him goes like, you were pretty. Yeah. And, and it's just like a cute little thing. And I don't know if he says anything in response, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's so cool in the context of our conversation to think like Kiyoshi probably would approve that um in this first introduction to her island and her warriors, that uh, you know, the kids learn a lot about you know, gender and breaking all those rules and how it's fun to break them. Yeah. And and it's the bigger conversation about gender roles and gender performance as a performance, as a construct, yeah. as things that aren't inherently real or things that aren't inherent to the human existence or anybody's mm-hmm. specific existence. Like they are just fake rules. Yeah. That, that's it. Like they and- don't mean anything really. And I like that they still like that they donned the look of Kiyoshi. So like um, from reading the novels, like I know that she got that look because her mother wore that look. Right. Mm. When she was like uh, she was an air nomad pirate lady, um, Mm. which is like really cool. Um, But anyway, so um, she um, like that was her mother's regalia right down to the makeup, to the fans, to everything. And then um, uh, when there's this really cool thing that they do when Aang has the fan and he's like fighting with it you see him like kind Mm. of like use it almost like it's a wand like it's an an extension of his arm and you see this like incredibly powerful um uh like just burst of air like you know um uh who is he fighting in this 
Zhao, Zuko. Uh, I don't remember. Zuko. Zuko, that's right. Uh, so, like, just, like, throw him into the wall. And the way that Kiyoshi uses those fans, the reason that she used them to begin with, of course, is were her mother's, but um, she, whenever she was bending, she wasn't able to do anything small. So she couldn't, like, you know, grab, like, a little clump of dirt and, like, toss it at somebody or anything, right? That She could not. She was not able to do that. She could only move mountains. She could mm. only do things and do them big. So the, the um, fans, when she started, like, accepting, because um, she she hated her parents for a long time but only when she started like accepting like her lineage and her mother and starting to become curious about that like she used those fans and she was able to then like pick up a grain of dirt you know and do wow. all of these things down to like the smallest um uh like they they do this thing called dust stepping where like essentially as earthbenders like they can like look like they're walking on the air but literally like they're just positioning like um uh dust so that way they can use Mm -hmm. it as steps which is really cool um but yeah so like i love that kiyoshi as a big as an avatar was just so big and such a big personality and so groundbreaking that she literally like uh her raw talent was just to fucking just like was so big that she destroyed icebergs and like decimated an army in her first like realizing um her friend was hurt like but she wasn't able to do the smallest things but yeah so it's really cool and it's really cool that then uh, the kiyoshi warriors took on this uh like they continued to use her um uh, like use her regalia and like honor her in this way because she was also a very queer woman too because her and her um, her um, friend Rengi um, who was Fire Nation uh, they were in love it was so cute and they would do everything for each other and like get mad at each other and they they had this like really um, interesting relationship to where like it was it was just so great and so dynamic and it was all it was all women just the power of women was Kiyoshi and Kiyoshi's story um and you know so seeing that still here like it was it warmed my heart and I was very excited I so love cool. that you used the word groundbreaking when yes. describing her uh-huh. <laughs> as a quite literal I know uh, to move mountains essentially is to break yes. the ground uh that's awesome yeah, Kiyoshi, the groundbreaker. The groundbreaker. That's I mean, that's so cool. So much so because wait, <laughs> isn't there? Is I mean, calling forward, isn't? Don't we see that episode? Yes, we do. Where she, we okay. She yeah, breaks okay, cool. the ground. She literally does. That's part of the cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and just yeah, we'll like, talk. Fuck you. Yeah, off the. Curve. Um, I also have a really cool fan. I need to remember to bring it next time we talk about Kiyoshi. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What a cool legacy. And like, you know, Aang and the gang, they have no idea of like any of that right now, but Mm -hmm. it's still like something that has an impact on their experience. Um, And it's just so cool. This universe is so cool. Um, So I thought about another um, reason to absolutely worship the animators so like not only do they just animate like a super cool like the the large koi fish and everything i also am like just obsessed with like the yunagi it's cool to like look up what it was like drawn out to be like the full thing because it looks like 
scary like some of the animals in this universe are like oh that's really cute you can pet them and they they understand what you're talking about and they're like a pet but the unagi is like no that is a monster (laughs) um like that is not your little pet um and so that's just awesome but also uh, a lot of the important storytelling is done all with like mostly images here so Zuko finds out that Aang is even on Kyoshi uh, through this really cute uh, narrative we see where first a guy um, catches a fish and someone tells him like oh hey you know the avatar is on Kyoshi Uh, and then the fisherman sells it to the market and tells them the avatar is on Kyoshi then the market sells that fish to another man passes it along that man happens to give the fish to Zuko's chef and so again like you know this is the hot goss (laughs) like yeah and so it gets to Zuko um and so all of that and just like the way they made it so it flowed so well together the animators are just so awesome and are a huge huge part of why this story has such depth to it the same way that they like they do that like there's there's also like parallels in this one too with like um like we were talking about in the last episode with um, how things are set up, you know, so like it like animation wise, you're seeing how the story unfolds and like narratively you're seeing like two sides of the same coin, essentially, where Sokka has to learn to like respect women and apologize. Right. And that like fake apology. But like mm-hmm. we see Aang also having to learn to like respect women on like this like deeper level, not a superficial mm-hmm. level, like right. Like and. Uh, and we see him actually apologize. He says, hey, I let this going go to my head. I'm sorry for being a jerk. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. throw in the if. He doesn't. He's just like, hey, I yeah. did this. You are right. I am so sorry. Like, let's 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 figure this out. Let's move forward. And then, you know, like uh, then like seeing him, this thing that is supposed to be terrifying in the same way, like I wouldn't be surprised if that like dragon, the Unagi was a, a woman, right? <laughs> like or yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, a, a female Unagi. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like this thing that was like absolutely terrifying and um, everything at the beginning of the story, then at the end, like when Aang realizes how to like communicate with it. Or, Mm -hmm. like, not, like, communicate through, um, like, I guess, like, physical action or whatever. But, like, he learns how to use that to his advantage to save, like, everybody in that town, right? When he's not afraid of it and when he, like, has says, like, you know what? I was approaching this wrong. I need to change my approach to this. And, like, seeing how just that changing, that changing of perspective, like, can literally... Um, destroy or save a whole town you know like and it's really up to the person who is at like who is um like leading that charge to um to decide that and to like they you know we see the fire lord um created this whole culture of toxic masculinity bullshit like Mm. we see um ang in these small ways really set the example for his team and for the world at large yeah i think in this episode you also see just like a mini um background story about ang getting more comfortable with 
the weight of the responsibility on his shoulder. Um, and then when he realizes that he brought Zuko to um, the village and that their subsequent fight has like set the village on fire and stuff like that there's this really cool sequence where it's like Aang sees like oh shit this is what running away from my responsibilities got me if i didn't stay here as long none of this would have happened and so like he again shout out to the animators he gets this like really <laughs> serious look on his face and he doesn't say anything to anyone like they're on appa they're flying off he doesn't say anything to anyone and he just like drops head first into the water gets the yunagi has it by the things and i feel like in that little acceptance of him deciding oh i couldn't live with myself if i didn't do the right thing here in accepting yeah. that he's also tapping into a little more of his avatar powers because mm -hmm. avatars can connect with all kinds of ferocious beasts yeah um and so i kind of in my head that's why I think he's able to just like drop in, hit the Unagi, put the fire out because it's like, this is what I got to do. I happen to be the avatar. And so I can totally do that. Um, yeah. So maybe he didn't even know he knew he can do that. But Kiyoshi fucking knew. And yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all if Kiyoshi was like, oh, let's just let me have the wheel. Um, let me yeah. save my own village a little real quick um and so let me drop in it's really cool <laughs> let me drop in real quick well, well, i can even, handle he, it right before he actually jumps off is it is it katara or Sokka who says something to the effect of they'll be fine like they're um, flying away and there's them. a one of them says like they're the kyoshi warriors they're gonna be okay like we know yeah. that they're gonna they're capable mm -hmm. but yeah. i love that recognition where he like doesn't even really re resonate or respond to that he's mm -hmm. just like no <laughs> just like a soft fall off yeah. of Appa into the <laughs> yeah. water he's like yeah. i have decided no this village should not be burned down and yeah. i'm gonna fix it mm -hmm. and that's what i do and maybe something clicked in his head like that's what the avatar is supposed to do it's supposed to fix yeah. it yeah that's my job and especially the recognition too like not even is it like coming in to save the day of some unknown thing. It's like the yeah. reason this place is on fire is because he was there. Yeah. Like, that's the only reason they're having to deal with anything is because of his presence. Yeah. And if he were to just leave, it is just very much like, well, I didn't ask for this. Like, yeah, no shit. But yeah. you were there and you were sort of like these consequences are because you just happen to exist in this space. Yeah. So mm -hmm. him like instantaneously recognizing that and being like, well, here we go and, and recognizing his celebrity on a different level right on a different yes. level, like, yeah. because at first he's like isn't this cool look all this stuff we're getting look at i have yes. look at, i'm gonna give the girls a ride on appa right like, yeah. <laughs> and uh so then realizing that there are real consequences for this and then being like i can't live with myself or you know like i yeah. can't let this well, happen especially because of me because i my it, presence here yeah. It's the gorgeous conversation of ego that's starting to sort of unfold in this narrative with Aang, mm -hmm. where like yes. there are these moments of understanding his power and understanding what he means to the world. And there are moments where he kind of gets wrapped up in that ego a little bit, where he's like, oh, 
yeah, I can kind of like enjoy the celebrity, whatever. But at the end of the day, Aang is egoless. He really like this lineage of of the Avatar understands mm. that things just are and that the Avatar just is. Yeah. And that is just what needs to be done. And that's how the world has to exist and will continue to exist. So in these moments, like juxtaposing that, like minus that I really like you were saying, Jess, with this complete egoless uh, savior. Sick. Mm-hmm. So cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this episode, I think, just does a really, really good job of even from the get go. Like, I mean, we see the sexism. We see this. um you know, um, performative celebrity-ness, right? And it all looks foolish. It all looks um, like they are being uh, just absolutely foolish. And, like, yeah. as, as the viewer, we're not like, ah, hell yeah, like, look at him getting all this. Or, like, you know, we're, we're never at any point siding with Sokka or Aang until they apologize and until they... Um, they realize what they did and try to make amends, right? And I yeah. love that because I, I, we don't get that a lot in uh, in TV or in film or uh, pop culture no. in general. And um, that's something that the show does so well. And I know that we mentioned it on previous episodes is anytime something like that creeps in, um, mm-hmm. it's just, it looks foolish. There is no justifying it. There is no, um, oh, it's okay. It's just for a laugh or whatever. It is always called out. Yeah. Yes. Um, we we missed some very important points. Um, some <gasps> memes have also come out of this episode. I believe is this the first time we see the marbles? Yes. The marble trick. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. that's right in the beginning. That's an important meme. Um, and I I can't remember if it's this village or another one, but like the foaming mouth guy. I think it's a different one. Is it? I don't remember. Oops. Because he, they do come back and Foaming Mouth Guy is there and he starts foaming and then they find out he's not with them that time. I think this is the episode. Is it? I don't remember him. We'll have to check our, our meme. Yeah, we'll have to see. It'll, we'll be able to confirm it when we get to like that episode in like season two. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll be like, I was right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think like those very important memes. Um, so I'm sorry. I hope I didn't get make you forget whatever you thought of when I thought when I first said we forgot something, Eric. M- me? Oh no, yeah. no. I was I was like, wait, what did we forget? Yeah. Um, there was it, it was, was a, it was more of a gasp of <gasps> oh what i was like i'm pretty sure we covered everything i'm ready for more (laughs) yeah (laughs) i thought you also had something in mind and i was like oh did oh no i the only (laughs) thing that i was gonna say is i'm looking on the wiki right now and nunagi is is so scary it's such a scary creature it's yeah it's It's like kind of cute and kind of cool like the the eyes the fin like the shark fin but it's more of a sail yeah it's so yeah, big and too. it's an eel versus like later there's like a serpent yeah dragon water dragon thing yeah. um yeah but it just shows like no the the animals don't just come in cuddly they come in 
rip you like, apart. Absolute <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nightmare dinosaurs is also a brand of <laughs> creatures that are in the yes. story. <laughs> <laughs> this cute, cuddly animal hybrids and nightmare dinosaurs. <laughs> nightmare dinosaurs. Truly. Absolutely a nightmare. Um, Is that it? Have we come to the end I of this second, this fourth episode? I feel like we have. I feel like we have. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> us. We're so good. Thank you so much for joining us here on episode four of the Momas and the Appas. Music by Eric Lefebvre. Editing also by Eric Lefebvre. Artwork by David Tercero. Do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your pods. And thanks again for listening. We'll Thank see you next time. You. Bye. Bye. We'll see you next time. Ooh. This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network. Visit the for more.